Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, you know it's Taz and Moose. You know it's Taz and Moose. Hey. All right, it is Taz and the Moose with you here on this Tuesday morning on CBS Sports Radio. Coming up later on this hour, we're going to chat with uh, Ryan Wilson. Uh, NFL analyst and reporter for CBSSports.com. CBS Sports HQ is going to join Taz and myself about 20 minutes from now as we come to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Millions of Americans finance the home of their dreams with their help. They can help you too. Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. Here you go. The three. It is now time for the three. We get you caught up on the three biggest headlines of the day with Taz and the Moose. Number one. Seahawks end the 49ers' perfect season in overtime. Ah, uh, they do. Best game of the year so far, Taz? I think you may maybe make that argument. Uh, I mean, hell of a game. Overtime, 27-24. Sa- uh, the Seattle Seahawks uh, come back and, and beat the 49ers, trailing 10-0, then rally 14 unanswered points in the third quarter. To take a 21-10 lead, you get big field goals by both kickers late. Myers with the game winner uh, from, what, 41 yards out to win it uh, at the end of overtime, right inside the right post there, Taz. Um, It was an unbelievable, entertaining, well worth the watch if you're sleep-deprived here on this Tuesday morning. (laughs) It was an amazing football game. It was so much fun. It really was. It was it was tremendous stuff. Um, and you know what? And, and we talked a lot about about Russell Wilson and his clutch gene, man, and how he plays and oh, he's his ability. Him. Just he just unreal. We've seen this over the years, and he just really is unbe- unbelievable performance by him um, and by his team and, and his defense. And, and Clowney was great. On you know you know coming from the Texans and, and still being a newest Seahawk on that defensive line and that re- edge rush spot, he played great. Um, and a big victory, 27-24 on the road uh, in Santa Clara for the Seahawks. That's a huge win over, over a team that was fixing to be 9-0. Now they're 8-1 in the 49ers. So, yeah, big win. A huge win. Seattle's now uh, back into that race in the NFC West. If they lose that game, all of a sudden they're 7-3, and and the 49ers being undefeated then at 9-0, and Taz, you can make an argument that that divisional race is over. Uh, the Rams have got their myriad of concerns with injuries along the offensive line, Gurley not being able to run a golf inefficiency, especially on the road, that uh, the, the 49ers by week 11 have already wrapped up the NFC West for all intents and purposes, as long as they continue to play quality football. <clears throat> now with that victory last night by Seattle, uh, you know they're right in the race. You know, uh, yeah. you, you, you look at the Seahawks are 8-2, the 49ers now are 8-1. Uh, they beat them head to head. The Seahawks have got a chance to go out there and win that NFC West. That's what. That's the importance of that victory last night by Seattle. Yeah, I, I, and you alluded to it earlier. I feel like this thing with San Fran and, and, and Seattle is just getting started in that West. I mean, this thing here with with, 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 with the Niners at eight and one and and, and uh, the Hawks at eight and two. Yeah, this thing is uh, it's a two team race in, in that in that West NFC West for sure. And I'm surprised. Like I said earlier, I'm very surprised. Beginning of the year, I, I thought the LA Rams would be the real deal like they were last year. Um, they're sitting five and four. Man, I don't know, man. I don't know what, what the heck's going on there. They got a lot of weapons. We talked about that earlier a little bit too. Uh, and they signed their quarterback to a new big contract in golf. And they got Gurley, and they got Cup, they got Woods, they got Cooks. 
They got they got the best defensive guy in the game in Aaron Donald, but yet they 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 they, they can't win a, a bunch of games. It's, it's a bad deal. Yeah, and Seahawks Niners close out the year. That'll be a good one. That's be good, yeah, imagine yeah. the divisions on the line for that game. That'd be awesome. That could That'd happen. That'd be amazing. Yeah. I mean, it definitely could, could happen. happen. I mean, that's conceivable as long as you know because you know as long as they obviously um, if they you know uh, keep going where they're going. Uh, and if San Fran doesn't lose another game, Seattle doesn't lose another game, that will be for the division. So uh, that would be a fun one, that final week of the year. You know that would be flexed probably into that Sunday night affair. Um, but Taz, so many different things to get into last night. The, the clutch gene of Russell Wilson defense making plays. Wilson throwing the pick in, in overtime. The field goal missed by McLaughlin, who stepped in for the banged-up Robbie Gold uh, for the San Francisco 49ers. Hit one at the end of regulation. And then the one in the overtime, I mean, it was just an absolute duck hook. Um, I mean, it was uh, certainly uh, a very, very entertaining game. Great Monday night football affair. And here's what you love about Seattle. They do it differently. Defense not as good. Last year, they got back to running the football. That kind of dictated what they were offensively. This year, it's been about Russell Wilson and him throwing it. Their weaponry has gotten better. Wilson's (laughs) played like the MVP of the league. 49ers aren't going anywhere, but Seattle has just thrown themselves into the mix as one of the best teams in the NFC in a wide-open NFC. Packers, Saints, Seahawks, and Niners. I mean, I think those would be the top yeah. four teams. Oh, yeah. Pick your order, but those are the top four teams. Yeah, no no, no doubt no doubt about it. And, and uh, again, last night's game, though, was tremendous. It was a lot. If you didn't watch it, man, it's one of those games you can go watch. You watch the highlights on YouTube or watch the a replay of the game. Or watch whatever. the game. Watch the whole game. It's better than highlights. You're right. Um, everything was so. I mean, time possessions. I was. I was time possession. I should say. Uh, Hawks were at 35, 30, over thirty five minutes. Niners just about thirty five minutes. Nineteen first downs for the Seahawks. Twenty one first downs for the Forty ers I mean, nip and tuck game. It felt it the whole way through. You know, hence uh, hence how, how we had a 27-24 score in overtime. Well, there you have it, as the Seahawks have their way. Third victory this year that the Seattle Seahawks have come back and won a game where they've trailed at one point in the game by 10 or more points. Impressive. Number two. Ed Orgeron apologizes for film post-game rant. Yeah, here he is yesterday being asked about that rant and it going public. Take a listen. Coach, what is your opinion on your players live streaming and things in your locker yeah. room? That yeah, I wish that wouldn't happen. Yeah, that shouldn't happen. And I, I addressed the player that did it. He felt bad about it. You know, and, you know those they, they so used to have those phones on them all the time. I mean, I, we have pregame meal, and I said, okay, well, you turn your phones off just a little bit so we can say the prayer. <laughs> so we say the prayer and move them back on their phone. So, you know, I, I think that's just the, the product of today. We all, everybody carries their phone with them all the time. Uh, I don't think it was done with malintent or nothing like that. So I, I addressed it with, uh, with the young man. I don't think it's happening again. And as far as what got out, a lot of people... A lot of your fans love it. Yeah. But then, I mean, what's your opinion on what got out? Well, you know, the things that I say outside um, to the media is uh, those are the things that I want to get out. And uh, if I wanted that to get out, I said that outside. But, uh, you know, you get emotional. You talk to your team, it's your family, just like we all talk to our family. Uh, we talk around the dinner table, we say some things that, that's outside the family we don't say. And it was no means to hurt anybody or nothing like that. It was just a fiery moment, a very emotional moment with our team. That's all that was. Yeah, do you think how, Orgeron ends up with that boy? Is that just the 
His voice? Yeah. Do you think that's just him going hoarse so many times over the course of his life? I mean, it, it, he doesn't sound like that as an 18-year-old, a 19-year-old. Uh, I mean, it'd be fun if he was nine, when he was nine, if he sounded like that. Right. When he first starts to go through puberty, if that's Ed Orgeron all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> going through, you know, addressing the class for public speaking, and that's and that's the oh, way. Man. I mean, is, you know, is that the, the weathering of life on a voice? I mean, it, it's just well, amazing listening to his voice. It really is. It and is. I, get, I, I think about, like, when I'm listening to him, not only listening to the Context, but I'm also thinking about, man, how do you get to that stage where you have that voice where it's like just sounds like that? Couple things, you know, you got to be tough. That's the one. He's a tough guy. Yeah, you got to be a big guy. He's a big guy. Yeah. Okay. And you also got to have that 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 Cajun. You know, he's got that Cajun accent. You know, and, uh, you know. Louisiana, yeah, he does Louis, have that. You know, Louisiana Jones. Old dialect. Yeah. You got to have that. That that helps. I think that helps with it. Um, yeah, man. I, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he got hit with a football in his throat when he was a kid. I don't know. I don't it's know. just, it's, a, it, I mean, it's, it's amazing. He's, he's his great. voice changes. It gets deeper sometimes. It does get deeper sometimes, and it's amazing that his voice is able to hold up over the course of a college game too, because he's constantly jabbering with the refs. Oh, he's always, he's all over. He's everybody. always talking. Yeah. He's always talking. <laughs> I mean, he's sweating profusely. He's, he's always great. talking. I love him. Man. I mean, he's great for college football. He defines LSU. He's hysterical. Uh, he really he is. is. And and you know, you look at that video coming out. Listen, it's. We actually saw it, but don't you think that that's what's going on in that locker room after the game? Don't you think yeah, that every those locker room after they win, right? Yeah. After they win, don't you think you're hearing that, especially when it's a big game and of it's course. a rivalry and of it's course. SEC football? Of course, that stuff's being Prime said. Time Jones, yeah, right. I mean, they're a little bit bothered by the fact that it got out. And as he said, he talked to the player. I don't think there's going to be any ramifications moving forward. I think it is what it is. I think that's what you expected. I think, you know, you, you, you throw in any SEC school, any major conference school, the big rivalry game, big game, you're going to get those kind of speeches from coaches. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, no, he, he's great for college football. His team is great this year for sure. Um, and his recruiting must be through the roof. I'm sure he's got every top player in the land that wants to play at being an LSU Tiger, and they should want him. It's a great school, and it's a great spot to play, and he seems like a great guy to play for. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. And that that uh, training facility and new locker room they have is just amazing. Yeah, well, so many of these schools, yeah, you're right. It's just they, they it's, top each other oh left my and right. God. Yeah. We, we went, remember we went through that video when it got first unveiled? It's just yeah, like it's nuts. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a whole nother level. I mean, honestly, I want to move in. A whole nother level. Right. Yep. I'll come in and fix your outlets. <laughs> All right, next. Number three. AL and NL Rookie of the Year winners named. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. AL and it is uh, award season in Major League Baseball. Uh, so on yeah. Monday, it was AL and NL Rookie of the Year, Pete Alonzo and uh, Jordan Alvarez uh, from the uh, Houston Astros. National League and American League Rookies of the Year. Uh, respectively, uh, Alonzo, I mean, there was really not much debate. The debate was whether or not he was going to be unanimous. He was not. Alvarez with the Astros was. He was He was unbelievable when he got called up. 27 home runs, I believe, in 87, 88 games. I mean, Alonzo was majestic. When you look at 120 RBIs, 53 home runs, hit 260. Well, it's nice to hear say nice things about him. Give some of his accolades. Why, I did. Nice. Yeah, no, no. I was That's talking nice. about, oh, stop. You guys, the Met fan is so sensitive. Believable. Wow. I mean, you did it early. You had Andrew Bogus. We're going Bogus to break. Storming, He's freaking out. Bogus storming, the, you know, storming our studio when we go to break going, you're amazing. You really are. And then storms right back out. He did say that. I said, what? That's exactly what he said. What? And, and then Taz goes, I know. I know. Stop let's go. Wrestling. <laughs> no, I mean, no, no, the kid. You know, listen. 
you know, he's got Alonzo's got a, a, a ton of accolades, ton of great things he did this year, and you know, he was worried about making the team yes. at the beginning of the year. You know, and it's like, and, and here you are, you 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 come at me and every other Met fan out there, I, <laughs> and you say, and I'm paraphrasing, you say, well. Isn't it just a big disappointment that you have a great offensive guy and a great defensive guy? Great pitcher, yeah. Yeah, uh, that'd be the defense. Yeah. And um, and you guys still suck? I mean, that's basically what you said. That is what you said. I said you didn't make it. I didn't, no, no, I didn't say suck. Irrelevant. Uh, it's the same thing as suck. Yeah, right, yeah, irrelevant. Right. Largely did, irrelevant. That's what you said, Mike, irrelevant. Largely, largely, largely irrelevant. Largely irrelevant for the year. Sadly, agree with Moose. No, I know. There not, you go, no, Mike. No, turn the mess there. There I you never go. Said Moose it's was not wrong. disappointing. And that's what I said to the Moose. I said, everything <laughs> you're saying is factually correct. He, everything he's saying was not. But it's just, if he is a, let's just say hypothetically, he's a San Francisco, San Francisco Giant fan. Yeah. He's not saying that stuff to me. Or you. I, or I, to I Pete. Or Andrew. It's just Whoa, that he's a Mets fan. He's a Yankee fan. Oh, come here. on, you can expect oh, yeah. that. I mean, you're uh, it's an agenda. You shouldn't I have work here with an agenda. That's an agenda. I, I, I like to poke the Met fan. You guys poke. are you're yes. kicking us swimming <laughs> down. I'm kicking you. I would look at it. I would look at it. And my my only point is this, and which I said is that I look at it when I have guys that have great seasons. Amazing years. You want to take advantage of those years. That's my point. I'm not talking about them individually. The Grom's the best pitcher in the National League. There we go. Round two. We could. There we go. <laughs> As if round one wasn't enough. Now we're going round two. That's go. my. Goal. I there would say go. it was just disappointing. Double I'm down, dis- Jones. Here we go. You can tell me. You can tell me. Glaber Torres was great. The uh, Yankees disappointed this uh, year. Here we go. Now, now he goes this route. Here, watch. This is, I'm, I've seen this movie many times. What, what movie? Ugh. What movie? What movie Dude, am I playing? Listen, I mean, you know, I feel for the Mets fan. I just want you guys to. Uh, we had a nice I want you guys to have success in October. We had a nice moment. With, with Pete. We all live vicariously through Pete Alonso yesterday. It was awesome. Oh, we had video. So before he hopped on MLB, right? So I was at SNY last night. Nobody takes down a salad like Pete Alonso takes down a salad. He's a big kid. Well, he was sitting there, and I guess he had just arrived. They were having a you know Alonzo Rookie of the Year party at his home or, or in his hometown, wherever it might have been. I you think were there when home. he was there? No, no, it was on, I was in Florida. It was on video. Oh, I, so, I don't know he was in Florida. I didn't watch it. No, so he was in Sorry. Florida. No, no, so he's down in Florida. He's a Florida kid, so he's home. I know that. Right? So I know you know that. But he was down in Florida, so he got back home, and they had a party, right? Him right. and his family, I they had saw a party. It, I tweeted. And, I saw right, right. So you saw, what, you saw what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. So... But before he went up, the first interview he did, obviously, is on MLB Network. Right. And then he did SNY, and he did some other stuff as well, and, and making the rounds. He was eating. Yeah. On camera. Oh, nice. And he was just housing. Like, yeah, yeah. he had this big bowl of plate of salad, Taz. Just like, eating. he was pounding that salad like he was about to go to the chair. <laughs> yeah. Like, no oxygen, no breath nothing, in nothing. between bites. <laughs> it was probably more impressive than any home run he hit in 2019. It's like disturbing watching him just, like, just kill like, a salad. Like it was yeah. entertaining watching him eat his salad. It was like that squirrel who attacked my, uh, yes, my the, that cat, the little squirrel, scarecrow on my porch. Right. Yeah. And the perv, as your wife put it, the perv squirrel that went up the skirt the of the skirt female of the scarecrow. Female scarecrow, yeah, exactly. Yes. That's right. <laughs> So congratulations yes. to Alonzo. Oh, yeah. Congratulations to all Met fans and all Astro fans for having the yeah. AL and NL Rookies of the Year yeah. respectively. All right. 
Congratulations. Uh, thanks. Thanks. I, 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 I mean, yeah. I mean, the yeah. polar bear. Yeah, the polar bear. Rises again. Oh, who's this? Enough of these guys. The LSU. Uh, next. No, we're done. There uh, you have it. Those are your three big stories here. We're going to talk to Ryan sandwich. Wilson. Yes. I'm going to eat. Enjoy Mikey B's ham and crazy Mike bread. Dave. Crazy Dave bread. Dave. There you go. Very nice. And the low-sodium ham that I've heard about. Yeah. Enjoy my ham. Yeah, enjoy Mike's ham. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Boar's Not Boar's head. No, it's not Boar's head. Wow. Really? We're, we're a Boar's head family, the Malusis family. No, same here. But with this, I go a different route. This is my breakfast. Land of Lakes. What am I eating? Butter? No. Let's go to break, please. Stop. <laughs> please. I'm not telling you the name Poor of the mouth. No! It's not a, eating salami? What kind of ham is it, Mike? Don't tell him. This, is, this is a different guy. One guy saying, say it. The other guy Just tell me what ham it is. I'm working, on, I'm working on getting a deal with them. I want to make some money with these people. I can't. You can't just tell me what the ham is? Then I'm giving them a freebie. Oh, yeah, I tell I, him in his I, ear. I just gave Boar's head and Hormel. Tell him in his ear. David Cold Cut Tell him in his ear. He won't, he won't repeat it. Don't repeat it. Please. Really? Look at that. See, now I was like, the hell eight. Really? Johnsonville? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Taz and Moose, CBS Sports Radio. <laughs> It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. That's right. We're going to talk a little NFL. Ryan Wilson is going to join us. CBS Sports, CBS Sports HQ. He's going to join us uh, after Bogish's update. What's going on, Andrew? How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Taz, I'm not speaking to Moose, so if you could start on my update, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, right now, we have our latest sports update so with our good friend, A.B., Andrew Bogus. Thank you, Andrew, Taz. What's up? The San Francisco 49ers are losers for the first time this season. They scored the first 10 points of Monday Night Football, then allowed 21 in a row. They got even, fell behind by three, tied the game with one second left in regulation, and then lost as OT expired 27-24 on a Jason Myers 42-yard field goal. Three minutes before that, Niners kicker Chase McLaughlin missed from 47. That would have won the game. Fullback Kyle Juszczyk standing with McLaughlin. I absolutely feel for Chase, and, uh, you know, he really did have a good game. Uh, that's, that's a lot to ask for, uh, you know, a new kicker to come in and uh, make all those kicks. Uh, I feel for him, but you know we all let him know we have his back. McLaughlin is filling in for the injured Robbie Gold. So now one loss separates the Niners and Seahawks atop the NFC West. They combined for seven turnovers last night. Each defense scored a touchdown on the postgame injury refra- uh, report. That is Niners wideout Emmanuel Sanders left in the first with a rib injury. Seattle wideout Tyler Lockett spent the night in a local hospital with a lower leg injury. Kawhi Leonard played the Raptors for the first time last night, and he missed 9 of 11 shots, but his teammates got the Clippers a 98-88 home win. Head coach, Doc Rivers. You're not going to play well every night, yet he almost had a triple-double still, you know, almost a quadruple-double, you know. <laughs> um, but it was, it, was, it was a team win. It was really nice. Uh, the laughing, because Leonard posted 12 points, 11 rebounds, 9 assists, and 9 turnovers. The mm. Jazz, a 122-108 win at the Warriors. Draymond Green's return from his five-game absence with that finger injury didn't help. 
Green ejected in the fourth quarter for arguing a foul called against him. The Rockets won in New Orleans, 122-106. The Spurs retired Tony Parker's number nine after a 113-109 loss to the Grizzlies. And Minnesota won in Detroit, 120-114. Blake Griffin debuted in that loss, 19.7 rebounds and six assists. College Hoops, Winthrop, a 61-59 win at number 18, St. Mary's. Kentucky and Duke now 1-2 in the AP poll. Michigan State dropped from 1-3 to three for losing to those Wildcats last week. No surprise last night, Mets first baseman Pete Alonzo. Astros DH Jordan Alvarez voted Rookies of the Year. Alonzo got 29 of 30 first place votes. Alvarez got them all. Tonight, it is Manager of the Year. Guys? All right. Uh, thank you, Andrew. Job well done this morning, and congratulations on Alonzo being Rookie of the Year. Oh, yeah. Nice Redskins T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Ryan Wilson joins us right now. Covers the National Football League for CBS Sports, CBS Sports HQ. He's a friend of the program, joins us a lot during the NFL season, offseason. Hey, Ryan, good morning, brother. How are you? Ryan, good morning, what's up? guys. What's How's it up? going? What's up, Ryan? We're doing well. We're doing well. You know, Taz and I were talking, what an amazing Monday night game it was. I mean, you can make the argument maybe the best NFL game of the year uh, that went Seahawks way in overtime over the 49ers. You know, I know there's more talented quarterbacks in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes with the Kansas City Chiefs, Ryan. But, you know, I made this claim to Taz when I get your thoughts, and we had a good conversation about it earlier. I'll tell you, I'll take Russell Wilson over them all. I mean, he just finds a way. It might not always be pretty. He deals with a lot. He deals with a lot of deficiencies of that offense. He, you know, it, th- there's a lot to like about Russell Wilson as an NFL quarterback. Yeah, and Moose, here's the thing. Patrick Mahomes is obviously more talented uh, taken as a whole. But if you have Patrick Mahomes on the Seahawks team, he may not last a week because Russell Wilson has to do everything. They were without Justin Britt, their center last night, and we saw early in the game the backup center get absolutely destroyed uh, on a play that he probably never wants to see again. But Russell Wilson is basically a one-man show on this offense. He puts everyone on his back. He just takes over. And sometimes it takes a little time, like last night when you're playing the best defense in the league. Other times he just shows up and goes to work. But but. It's a system where very few people would have success in it. The offensive line isn't very good, for one. There are a lot of turnovers with the, the, the mishandling of the ball, number two, especially with Chris Carson. He's a fumbling machine a lot of times. And they don't have a lot of people to throw to now that Tyler Lockett looks like he's going to be out for a while with, with, a, with a lower leg injury. And even before that, there was a reason they went out and got Josh Gordon. But I'm with you. I, I feel like he is one of the best players in the league. I don't know if I'm going to – put him number one atop my MVP ballot. That's why I hesitated. But you can't make the case that he is not the most important person for his team, given what he does every single week. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, you know, hey, Ryan, what about you know, Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean, the San Francisco 49ers quarterback. I mean, uh, you know, in a big playoff spot, are you concerned with him? Yes. Mm. Without question. In fact, going into this game, I was asked whether the 49ers should be considered a Super Bowl team. And I said, uh, ask me afterwards how Jimmy G plays will ultimately decide where I come down to that answer, because we know the defense is good. We know that Manny Sanders was, an, uh, was a great addition. We know that George Kittle's one of the best tight ends. Now, I mentioned those two last two names. Manny Sanders left early with a rib injury. George Kittle didn't play. So those are reasons you could point to and say, well, Jimmy didn't have anyone to throw the ball to. Fair enough. Devo Samuel stepped up, and there was a play late in the game, late in the fourth quarter, maybe even overtime, I can't remember now. He had a chance to hit Debo Samuel down the sideline, underthrew it by two or three yards, and it was a great pass breakup by Shaquille Griffin. If he makes that play, hits Debo in stride, that game's over in the, in the story. But that wasn't even – I mean, that happens. Tom Brady doesn't make that throw 100% of the time. But we saw plenty of examples of horrible decision-making by Jimmy G. He had an interception, could have had a few more, 
He was also victimized by drops. It goes both ways. But I feel like the two biggest issues for me were the fumbles. And they came on sacks, and they came on sacks that were coming in his face. They weren't blindside sacks. If you see a, a, a pass rusher coming at you, hold on to the ball extra tight. You can't, you can't turn the ball over in those situations. Those are sort of stupid penalties that will end up, or mistakes that will end up costing your team. And uh, the first one was to the Davian Clowney returning for an, uh, a touchdown. So, yeah, look, he was fine. There were circumstances. Everyone wasn't there. We understand all that. But he has to play better. There's no doubt about that. I don't think anyone, Jimmy G, Kyle Shanahan, would tell you differently if this team is going to do anything more than go to the playoffs. Uh, Ryan, when you look at uh, certainly as, you know, the 49ers are certainly there. The Seahawks are right there with that victory to win that NFC West as well. They're going to, both teams are going to meet up the final uh, game of the regular season up there in Seattle. And you hope there there's everything on the line in terms of that division, uh, which is a possibility, uh, which would make for an amazing week 17 matchup between these two teams. I'm curious because, you know, coming off what we saw week 10, uh, the, the Saints performance against the Falcons, We know Quinn made adjustments to that coaching staff. Ryan back at quarterback. Now, you don't want to read too much into it, but we all have a tendency to overreact. Is that a blip on the screen for New Orleans? Is that a concern for you about the Saints here moving forward? The fact that they are as heavy a favorite as they were and the fact that they got beaten so badly the way that they did. Yeah, it's a huge concern. And if you had said to me before the game, look, Matt Ryan's going to go in there and throw for 500 yards, and he's going to somehow pull this game out of his butt, you'd be like, okay, that happens. Matt Ryan's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, sure, they have Julio Jones. We, we know how good that offense can be, even though they've struggled this year overall. But that's not what happened. What happened is that the, the Falcons' defense, one of the worst defenses in the league, last and third down stops coming into this game, sacked Drew Brees six times. They had seven sacks coming into that game. Dan Quinn was 45 minutes away from being fired until he started rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. He avoided the iceberg in, in New Orleans. But you have to be concerned if you're the Saints because that wasn't how you were supposed to lose that game given the 4% chance you had to lose the game anyway. So I don't know how you fix that. Um, you have Drew Brees still. Alvin Kamara's coming back. He's still getting healthy. You have Mike Thomas. Uh, it, so hopefully Sean Payton, Drew Brees, thinks it's a, it's a blip on the radar, but that was a one-win Falcons team, one of the worst teams in the league, had done nothing this season to convince you that they were anything other than that, and and they came in there and, and stuck it to them. So troubling, but again, we can look back a month from now and say, oh yeah, remember that time they lost to the Falcons? The, the uh, Saints are red hot now. But again, it gives you pause given the circumstances and given the opponent. Uh, you listen to Taz and Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Our special guest right now is Ryan Wilson, NFL analyst and reporter for CBSSports.com and CBS Sports HQ. So, Ryan, uh, Moose and I were talking earlier about the Rams a little bit, and and um, you know they're sitting five and four right now. They have a plethora of weapons. They got you know Goff, their quarterback with a brand new contract, all these offensive weapons, the best defensive guy you're going to find in Aaron Donald and all this jazz. But yet, they're 5-4. and four. But I want to ask you, are you surprised with the lack of offense for the Rams right now at this point in the season? Uh, Tats, I'll tell you, I watched that game closely in Pittsburgh. Benny Snell's going to be out this week, too. Just so you know, <laughs> don't get your hopes up. But here's the issue. Yeah, but he got some reps, man. You know, you got well, I'm the guy. I, I basically brought it out to the public, this guy, Benny <laughs> Snell. You're right. He was your, getting 2% of the contract, by the way. <laughs> your right. credit, he was playing well before he got There you go. He was. But here's the thing about I don't even know if Jared Goff is good or not. I suspect he's not as good as he should be given his contract. But that offensive line is in such disarray. They moved about four guys around because of injuries. They lost their center in the first quarter. 
and they got absolutely dominated from start to finish, and Jared Goff had virtually no time to throw the ball. That happens. You can't blame Jared Goff. You can't blame Sean McVay. Um, Cooper Cup didn't catch a ball. I think he had at least one drop. So the thing started to snowball. But here's my concern with the Rams. They're not going to the playoffs, by the way, but my long-term concern. This is a team that was in the Super Bowl last year. They bought, brought back virtually everyone this season. And their solution to get back to the Super Bowl was to trade two first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey and get rid of Marcus Peters. Is Marcus Peters that much worse than Jalen Ramsey that it necessitates using two first-round picks? No, absolutely no. not. And not only that, now you can't fix the offensive line because you trade away all these picks, and Jalen Ramsey probably won't want to play left guard if you need him to. So I think this team is going in the wrong direction because of injuries and mismanagement of player personnel. Their salary cap is through the roof. And um, there's no quick fix for this. So they have to hope these guys get healthy on the offensive line. They can piece something together, make, maybe make a backdoor run to the wild card spot. But I don't think it's going to happen. You know, when you look at the AFC here, Ryan, as we sit here in mid-November, Thanksgiving is right around the corner. This is when the Patriots, as their staff often tries to find out exactly what they are, right? They usually use the first eight, nine weeks of the season to kind of figure out what they are. It, you know, does it appear what we look at, even with the loss to the Ravens, right? Do you still think? I mean, I, I still have a hard time thinking Baltimore is going to go into Foxborough and beat the Pats in Foxborough in the playoffs, even with what we witnessed a couple Sunday nights ago. But with that being said, you know, do you think it's New England and everybody else, or do you put the Baltimore Ravens on that plane right there with the Pats? Well, the, the good news for, uh, for New England is that they're going to be playing in Gillette Stadium, it looks like. Uh, they, their schedule, they could lose maybe one more game. Um, the Ravens are playing extremely well, but they can't afford to lose another game just because they're already one game back. So that's the good news. That said, back in 2009, Joe Flacco and Ray Rice went into New England and absolutely stomped the Patriots they in, did. in the playoffs. So unlike most other teams in the AFC, the Ravens aren't necessarily scared to go to Gillette Stadium. They prefer to play in um, Baltimore, obviously. If you're looking for something second half of the season to, to see where the to sort of gauge the temperature of the Patriots, we know the defense is great and probably first or second, along with the 49ers. Is this offense going to ever start playing like the offense we're used to seeing? Because they've struggled. They don't have a tight end. The left tackle situation is in flux. As I, um, Isaiah wins out. Marshall Newhouse got absolutely destroyed in the last game against the Ravens before the bye. And that's my question, because we're just talking about the 49ers here. Can that offense step up in order to help out the defense if the defense is off one night? Can that happen with New England to a lesser degree? We know Tom Brady's great. We know that Julian Edelman can catch 45 passes a game, each going for three yards. But at some point, if you need a big play, how are you going to do that late in the game? We didn't see it in that Baltimore game. That's my concern. That said, I think Baltimore's right there with him. I think Lamar Jackson is playing with such confidence. He is so incredibly good that you can even take that game to um, New England in January because he runs the ball a lot anyway. So... I think those are the two teams. We'll see what happens with Mahomes and his health. He looked pretty good, but they lost that game to the Titans. So I think they're probably a distant third right now. Mm. Right. So let me ask you, with the Giants, uh, we were talking about this. We were talking about yesterday about this. And uh, word comes out that, that they're not going to shut down Barkley right now. So what would you do? What do you think should happen with Barkley here? You know, the great running back for the New York Giants and, and that he's a little banged up and the Giants stink, they stink right now. So yeah. what would you do with your, your stance on this whole deal? Yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't shut him down and let him get healthy. What? Look, um, Saquon Barkley running for 200 yards every game the rest of the season isn't going to save Pat Shermer's job. They're they're two and eight. They're not very good. Daniel Jones has actually made progress. He's he threw four uh, four touchdowns. Excuse me, last game. Fumbling is an issue, but again, you, you need to draft some offensive linemen or sign some offensive linemen to help him. And I think that's something you obviously can't do right away. 
but it, it's encouraging that he's playing as well as he, he has played. Uh, hurting, uh, short-term interest in Saquon Barkley's success at the cost of long-term um, gain doesn't make any sense to me. He was a second overall pick. He's supposed to be the cornerstone of this franchise along with, with Danny Dimes, and yet you're out there running around in games that don't mean anything. So I wouldn't do it, but Pat Shermer is in a different situation than me job-wise, so maybe that has something to do in terms of informing his decision on that. You know, uh, Ryan, staying in New York with both the Jets and the Giants, you know, Shermer and Gase, um, you know, Giants are usually a patient organization. Are they going to have this kind of a turnover this quickly with Shermer only in year two? What about Adam Gase year one and their job security? I know there was a report in the Daily News saying that Gase's job is safe uh, and they played well against the Giants, but they've been really bad this year. What about both head coaches in New York? Well, listen, if – the Jets are playing the Giants every week, then Adam Gase's job should be safe. <laughs> Otherwise, I think it's important to ask some questions. Here's what I said the other day. If you took Andy Reid and put him on this Jets team, same roster, everything is the same, just replace him with Adam Gase with Andy Reid. Do you think Sam Darnold's a better quarterback than he is now? Yes. He's a million times better. They may still be 2-7, and seven, but Sam Darnold will be doing things that you say, hmm, this guy, there's a reason he was the third overall pick. He's playing with a ton of confidence. He is getting better. We have seen none of that from Adam Gase, comma, quarterback whisperer. So what's the plan? If you're going to bring him back and just have one more year wasted with Sam Darnold, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, Pat Shermer got fired. Uh, no, he didn't get fired. Excuse me. He hasn't, play, he hasn't coached well. McAdoo did a much better job than McAdoo did. Wasn't still that they, they, that team wasn't as good as they could have been, obviously. But it's just sort of weird that why are we hanging on to Pat Shermer when it's not clear that that this is going to work? They got rid of Odell Beckham. I don't think that was Pat Shermer's doing. They haven't really found a replacement in him. Darius Slayton's playing fine as a as a fourth round rookie. I think he was a fourth rounder. He's he's done fine. But they need weapons, and there's a lot of questions. The defense is terrible. I would keep neither of these guys if I were in charge. But you know, as you point out. The Giants are patient, and, and maybe the Jets are willing to see what can happen in year two with Adam Gase, although I think we all know how this is going to work out. Mm. Hey, Ryan, so let's if we talk about the Steelers for a second, and Mike Tomlin, you know, he's doing just uh, a hell of a job in, in, in that head coaching role, but this year just really just uh, speak on a little bit on that. I mean, he's, he's done an excellent job. I know they're not sitting like they're the best team in the NFL. I know that, but he's done a hell of a job thus far without, you know, without Antonio Brown, without – Lev Bell, without Ben Roethlisberger, you know, being healthy, you know, so so speak on Tomlin if you don't mind. Yeah, here's the thing, man. They're somehow the sixth seed in the playoffs in the AFC, and yeah. they have, as you point out, no one on offense. They uh, sort of control Mason Rudolph, the second year quarterback, by a lot of short passes and a lot of running game. The running game isn't there. James Conner hasn't played, and uh, the last few games, and it's been that defense. That defense is playing out of its mind. It starts with T.J. Watt up front and Bud Dupree. And then on the back end, back in week two, they traded for Minka Fitzpatrick, and yep. a lot of Steelers fans were pulling their hair out about why would you give a first-round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick. Turns out the, uh, the Dolphins got fleeced. They should have given up more than a first-round pick. He has been a game-changer on the back end. Tremendous, tremendous, yeah. Joe, Joe, Joe Hayden, too, with him. Joe, Joe Hayden, Hayden has yeah. found new life in Pittsburgh. So that's been sort of – we talked about the Patriots, we talked about the 49ers defense. That's been sort of the thing holding the Steelers together at this point. The offense has to get better. But to, to your point, I, I do wonder if Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell had a time machine, if they would go back and say, you know what, maybe, maybe I don't love everything in Pittsburgh, maybe the things that annoy me, but I'm going to stay here. I'll take the contract the Steelers offered me, which is even higher than the one that the Jets gave me, Le'Veon Bell. And that team could be completely different right now. That said, they're 5-4. and four. 
they're not going to. I don't imagine they're going to find a way to the playoffs. Maybe they do. They play the Browns twice in the in the Bengals in the next three weeks. Crazy scenario. They could be seven and four, which is insane. You know, Ryan. I'm curious. Sure. You know, I you know the the NFL draft will be here before you know it. I'm just curious in terms of you know coming into this year, it was always about you know stink for Tua, whatever it might be. The Tua technically of all the sweepstakes down there in Alabama. Now you look at the year that Burroughs had at LSU. From from NFL guys you talk to, uh, and Burroughs now the Heisman Trophy favorite, obviously, with the year he's had for LSU and the Tigers. Has uh, Burrow uh, jumped over Tua in terms of a, as an NFL prospect, a quarterback? I think feelings are mixed. I think people still love Tua <clears throat> excuse me, because he's had the experience. He's done it for a, over a longer period of time. I thought Tua actually played pretty well in the Alabama game, given that he had, had surgery 20 days before. But there are other people that are like, Joe Burrow is legit. I do a mock draft every week, and it comes out this morning. I have Joe Burrow going ahead of Tua. If you, I've watched, I think, five or six games of Joe Burrow's this year. Every single game, he has been on point. And it is crazy because he was a day three pick coming into this uh, season. No one gave him much thought last year. Moose, his, percent, his completion percentage is 21 points higher today than it was a year ago today. That's how Amazing. insanely he is playing at such a high level. And NFL teams will try to pick him apart. There's very little stuff to pick apart other than I didn't do this last year. So that's a fair question. But I think if you're starting a team, Joe Burrow plays a lot in the pocket like Tom Brady, but he runs like Marcus Mariota. I mean, he is tough. He's a leader. All that other stuff you want to check the box on. I like Tua. My biggest issue with him is, is durability. Yeah, and, and that's the issue. Can he go out there and stay healthy? I, but I think you can make it, and, and Ryan, I, I think with that, you could easily make the argument that, that Chase out at Ohio State's the best player in college football, right? And the best news for him is if the NCAA decides to keep him out. He's healthy, just like his, his teammate last year, Nick Bosa. He will go into the offseason, the draft season healthy. He is absolutely dominant. Not one NFL team will care that he took out a loan and paid it back. Uh, to fly his girlfriend out to, to see a football game or wherever, whatever it is. No one cares about that. Is he healthy? Is he a good person? By all accounts, yes and yes. Okay, I will take him number two overall on the Redskins if the team drafts, uh, uh, you know, if the, the Bengals take a quarterback. Yeah, and the Redskins, they need all the help they can get down there in D.C. Because that is, you know, Taz and I were talking about it earlier. I mean, they're going to start Haskins the rest of the way here. I mean, that organization, Ryan, is a complete and utter mess. And that's the thing. Look, you make fun of the Dolphins, but at least the Dolphins appear to have a plan. They have three first-round picks. They're going to stick with Ryan Fitzpatrick, whatever. They're done with Josh Rosen. That's okay. They've traded all these other players to accumulate other picks. Fine. What are the Redskins doing? We have Trent Williams, one of the best players in the league. We're going to be vindictive and just not trade him at all, even though he wants to be traded. And then at the trade deadline, 15 minutes before, we'll see if we can trade him. No one wants that, and now they're going to bench him and not pay him. So now you have to go through all this next offseason. Meanwhile, you have Dwayne Haskins, who needs to be protected, who has very little confidence because he takes a beating back there. He has no one to throw the ball to other than Terry McLaurin, his Ohio State teammate. And that. They have to fix things. It starts up top in the front office. I don't imagine anything changes with Bruce Allen in, in, in the offseason. they got to find a coach. So you're right. This is a four- or five- or 25-year turnaround project in D.C., it feels like. All right, good times. Hey, Ryan, uh, appreciate the time this morning. We really do. And uh, and have yourself a good Tuesday, all right? Thanks, Thank Ryan. you, guys. Thank you, you got Ryan Wilson, NFL analyst and reporter, CBSSports.com, yeah. CBS Sports HQ. Yeah, that's how we do it. That's how we do it. Sir. It is. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it. Benny Snell update? Yeah, he's always taking little Benny Snell shots. Skins update? Yeah, not a downer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A reality check of the Redskins? Tell. I got in 25 years. I got <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> that was fun. Thank you, Ryan. You'll be good in 25 years. Yeah. Take that T-shirt you're wearing and burn it in your yeah, teleport. My wife would love me to burn it. Yeah.
You need to update your Redskins apparel. I know. Apparel. I, I do. You I got know. some stuff. That's I know. Old, I got to get rid of it. I know. You're right about that. Yeah, I do right, have right. to update. You know what you should do too? You got to update yourself with some Taz shirts. By the way, uh, a little plug. TazShirts.com is the new home for your Taz apparel. Nice. TazShirts.com. Subtle plug. <laughs> you can get uh, Pete the Body. You get a bunch of T-shirts. To, yeah. It's Taz great show, for the holiday season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. You'll hear about it every You'll show. TazShow.com. Taz, no, no, TazShirts.com. Oh, TazShirts.com. Yeah, that's Taz where you're going to get all of your old school <laughs> Tasmaniac human suplex machine. Nice. Taz Show. We're going to get some We're gonna get some here, right? Oh, yeah. We're going to get all your Taz Show <laughs> shirts.com. <laughs> Oh. It's Taz and the oh. Moose. <laughs> okay. All right, that's it. That's How about it. line? No, Taz this guy, yeah, going? Uh, this guy made him face. All right, let's uh, he wants to go to break. Uh, let's go to break. Taz shirt's not I understand. Don't get angry. It's Taz and the Moose on a Tuesday, CBS Sports. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. It is Taz and the Moose with you here on this uh, Tuesday morning. Remember, download that podcast each and every day. Hop online, Apple Podcasts, Radio.com, Stitcher, a number of different ways. Wherever you get those podcasts, remember to download the Taz Show as well each and every week. We appreciate all the love and support that you give us. Let's head out to uh, Jersey, shall we? It's our friend John. What's going on, Johnny? John. He is John, 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 He is John, 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 from Jersey. What's up, man? Johnny. Hey, guys. Good morning. How are you? Taz, welcome back, brother. Good to have you back on. Well, I just missed a couple days. You know, I'm good, but thanks for having me. Boomer gave you a nice welcome back. Yeah, Boomer size and act like, hey, Taz. Good to see you. I thought Taz was on a safari or something. No, it's like, well, I had two days off sick. It's like I'm the first guy ever in the history of CBS Sports Radio to take a couple sick days. Yes, you were off. Yeah, well, now, look, I know you're going to say I'm sticking up for the moose here. Yes, since the moose I am. Is my Goomba. Yes, yes. But I think he's exactly right about the Mets. Oh, I want to win. I don't care about oh, awards. Geez. And then you get all these awards, and the team still stunk this year. Well, oh. You could say it's because of the bullpen, maybe because of Mickey the Moron. That's great. But they still mm-hmm. lost. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. next year, do I think he's going to hit 55 home runs? No. No, I don't, I don't think he will either. I think this, these pitchers are going to f- have him figured out. I, I agree well, with they're that. They're going to adjust gonna, to the ball. They so. are. They're not, he's not going to hit it that, as many home runs. I agree with that. That I agree with. It, so, and I'm not saying I, I'm, I'm depressed that he won or that I'm uh, that I'm upset that he won. No, but it doesn't make me actually feel good that all that went well and we still didn't win. I know. Just trying to be positive. That's all, John. We appreciate you calling, John. You know, put your mic on. We should move, move your mics off. John, thanks a lot for the call. Good job, John. Joel, what's up? Joel, Joel, what's going on, Joel? 
Good morning, guys. You know, I agree with Moose and Johnny. Cass. I'm sorry, I, I'm jumping on this bandwagon. <laughs> I'm a lifelong Mets fan. Whoa. In the eighties, the was worm is turned. I, oh. I was little. Taz, let me just explain it to you. So maybe go I'll ahead. put this in perspective. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. In the eighties, I was young. I didn't appreciate eighty six, eighty seven, eighty eight. They were right. expected to win. Then throughout the nineties, through my teenage years, they were garbage, garbage, garbage teams. Right, there was right, nothing really right. to look forward to. A few players had promise. Greg Jeffries being one of them who bombed out, I and a few him. other guys yeah. here and there. And then in the 2000s, you, you kind of start a turn. You know, 2000 was great getting to the World Series. And then these guys come up, the young guys, the Harveys, the Syndergaards. And uh, there's an expectation, an expectation, Taz. Expectation, and then this year there right. was a great expectation that you heard from a GM who said right. they want to win. I, I, I put it to you uh, like this, Taz. Okay. In wrestling, as yeah. a wrestler, when you're over and you are the biggest pop in the audience, yes. you have an expectation to fight for a championship, to be the Absolutely. main event of Absolutely. the shows. Absolutely. This is, the Mets, this is my expectation. The Mets are the not over. Are I over agree. On the Mets' young stars. They're not over, Joel. We appreciate your call. Thanks for calling WFAN, too, by the way. Uh, back, um, to back, <laughs> back to back calls. Back to back FAN calls. That's a good show, brother. Mike, Pete, uh, good stuff. And with uh, the updates. Guys, appreciate it. Till tomorrow. Peace. There's got to be a 10 second runoff here. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.